Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. I'm Devin Kadiyama, and you're listening to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. Lots of people in the Bay Area have gotten the COVID-19 vaccine, which is why mass sites like the Oakland Coliseum are closing down. But in some areas that were hit hard by COVID, like South Hayward, vaccine rates are lower, and there's still a lot of work to be done. Instead of, you know, open the gates for this flood of people who want the vaccine now, it's a conversation. Today, what the barriers to vaccination in South Hayward say about this next phase of the pandemic. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey. It's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Frida Javala Romero, immigration reporter for KQED. You focused on South Hayward for this story about vaccination rates in the Bay Area. Tell me a little bit about South Hayward. So this zip code is 94544. And this is the place in the county that saw the highest number of deaths uh, due to COVID-19 and is also uh, among the top two for the per capita death rate due to the virus. This is a very densely populated zip code with a lot of low-wage workers in the area. About half of the population in the zip code is Latino I believe also a quarter of the population is uh, is Asian, and nearly 40% are immigrants. 
So the area was hit really hard by the virus. How has vaccination gone so far? As of late last week, 52% of people living in uh, the zip code 94544 in South Hayward had been fully vaccinated, compared to about 58% for the entire county. And then when you look at wealthier areas of the county, like zip codes in the city of Piedmont, um, more than 70% of people there have been vaccinated. And so let's talk a little bit about the work that people are doing to get more people vaccinated. Where did you go to talk to people in the community in South Hayward about this? Yeah, so South Hayward um, has community clinics that have been doing a lot of work to, you know, get shots into people's arms um, throughout, you know, this whole vaccine rollout process. And so one of these clinics is called Tiburcio Vasquez, and they've been there for decades in that neighborhood and other parts of Hayward. And so they have a program of community uh, health outreach workers who are mostly volunteers, mostly women. And in uh, Latino communities, uh, they're called promotoras. I went to hang out with these promotoras while they were trying to talk to people at a supermarket in South Hayward and trying to encourage them to uh, sign up if they hadn't yet for the for the shot. And so these volunteers would, um, you know, as soon as people came over to go into the store or uh, or coming out, they would approach them and ask them if they got the vaccine and sort of start a conversation with them about it. One of the promotoras who was there uh, was Alejandra de la Cruz, who is a mom who also lives in that zip code 94544 in South Hayward. My name is Alejandra. And so Alejandra was one of the promotoras that would be the most outgoing. So she would go up to everyone, you know, coming near her and ask them if they'd already gotten the, the vaccine. One of the, the conversations that Alejandra had with folks at this uh, supermarket was with a, a mom called Mayra Contreras who said she was still deciding whether to get the vaccine, like she was thinking about it. Mayra said that she was looking for more information and sort of trying to investigate if it was good for her uh, and uh, her family to get the vaccine, but that she was also really busy. Uh, she had, you know, two kids with her, and then she had more kids at home doing virtual school. Uh, and so she said that it was just, you know, a matter of time, and she hadn't really had the space to sort of figure out if she could get the vaccine and, and then make an appointment for it. What other big questions or concerns are promotoras hearing from people in South Hayward about getting vaccinated? So there's a lot of, you know, barriers, like I mentioned, people um, not knowing where to go or maybe not having the um, internet savvy to to sign up for, for appointments, that kind of stuff. But something I heard over and over from promotoras and also from county officials is that this is an area where there's a lot of uh, low-wage frontline uh, immigrant workers. 
yeah, they had to work and they had to come back. So when they come back, you know, they bring whatever is from outside. So it's very challenging. I spoke with Carolina Arroyo Solveson, who coordinates this uh, promotora program at the Tiburcio Vasquez Health Center in Hayward. There is a lot of uh, people that they are vulnerable in this area, uh, just because they live in, you know, a home, so many of them, and also because they are older people, they have children, they not necessarily always have access to all the resources they need to stay, you know, f- uh, free from, from virus. And many of them lost income earlier in the pandemic. Like a, a domino effect on how people are behaving and what is happening at this point in terms of the, the challenges of getting people to get vaccinated. And so now that people can work because businesses are reopening, you know, restaurants are hiring more, that kind of stuff, a lot of folks are working, you know, a lot of hours or have more than one job, have two jobs. And many of them don't know that they have the right to paid time off to get the vaccine and recover from any side effects if they're employees. One of the things that we can do, for one thing, is to better inform people, and we are doing that, but it's not enough. We need to do massively through radio, through social media, to let people know uh, the importance of vaccination and really break those myths and really bring the facts about the vaccine. This uh, right that um, California employees have is regardless of immigration status. I heard that was also a concern, you know, people not not knowing whether their immigration status, you know, allow them to get the vaccine. That also shows up in, you know, whether they feel, you know, confident in sort of demanding that right from their employers. And then the promotoras also uh, had gone to businesses and they said uh, in businesses it makes a really big difference for the employees if the business owner, the employer, uh, you know, encouraged them to get the vaccine and sort of, you know, gave them the, the time to do that. But then they said other employers were not, you know, so supportive. So, um, so it really depends. I also know that language access is a really big barrier in a lot of areas, especially in immigrant neighborhoods. How did that show up in the people that you talked to and the things that you were seeing in South Hayward? Like I said, a lot of people had questions, right? And these conversations were happening in Spanish. But then there's also uh, a big proportion of, uh, of the population, like 25% who are Asian immigrants, including Afghani, and Vietnamese, and Filipino. And these promotoras, you know, when they, when they went door to door, you know, some of the people who answer the door, they don't speak Spanish or English. And they told me that they had to uh, sort of try to communicate with them with like signs and pointing to the flyer and sort of saying the word vaccine in English a lot and COVID, you know, and try to point to the number that they could call where, where there would be, you know, uh, maybe like a, an interpreter. This is a question, you know, of how other folks who don't speak Spanish or English in this area are, are getting the information and are getting help to, to sign up for the vaccine if they need it. This is going to be a longer-term effort on the part of uh, health officials in the county, but also, you know, other organizations that are trying to help that population become more protected against this virus.
So given all these barriers that we just talked about, let's talk a little bit about what public health leaders and community groups are doing about them. Because I'm hearing, you know, education, I'm hearing outreach. What else, though, is being done, especially by people uh, in public health? The county officials I talked to said that really now what they're focusing on is shifting all these resources to uh, open fixed vaccination sites in the neighborhoods that sort of sort of build up on the work that local community clinics and providers and other groups have already done and are already doing. Even though we want people to get vaccinated, you know, as quickly as possible, we also know that a lot of this is also building trust. Kimmy Watkins Tart directs the Alameda County Public Health Department. So we're going to be actually trying uh, using uh, different approaches to make vaccine more accessible to people in uh, those communities. So, for example, on this issue of, you know, working families that can't make it to the appointment during working hours, the county wants to open fixed vaccination clinics that are open on Sundays and after hours. We know that that makes it a lot easier for uh, families who work, people who work, and they don't have to rush, you know, to try to get to us. I know that they've uh, set up uh, pop-up clinics at mosques and nursing homes and other types of housing facilities. So we know that the pop-up and mobile approach is received very well. What I thought was really interesting is um, these, you know, health officials are seeing this move as not a temporary thing. I got the feeling that they're sort of moving in <laughs> these neighborhoods uh, for several months to come or perhaps longer. You know, some of them said that it'd be indefinitely. In some other parts of the Bay Area or the country, people really feel like we're almost done. It just seems like the wealthier places, you know, where people have more resources and they have the information and they have the means to do it. I mean, those areas, uh, I think they're more protected. It's a big contrast, right? Instead of, you know, open the gates for this flood of people who want the vaccine now, you know, it's more like, yeah, let me tell you about the vaccine. It's a conversation that people are, are having with others to um, try to encourage them to get it and get protected. Thanks to Farida Javala Romero, who covers immigration for KQED. That's it for today's show. And if you liked our episode, don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't miss the next one. This episode was edited and mixed by Erica Cruz Guevara and Alan Montecilio. Shailen Martos is our production assistant. Issa Mendoza writes our Friday newsletter. We're made by your local public media station, KQED. I'm Devin Katayama. That's it from us to you. Talk to you next time. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. 
the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.